Okay, we're still in Revelation 18. We're going to pick it up in verse 21 if you want to turn in your Bibles with me to Revelation 18. Now last time, uh, we, in the first part of this chapter, we've been looking at the destruction of commercial Babylon. We have religious Babylon, the harlot, the woman who rides the beast. We have political Babylon under the Antichrist. And we have commercial Babylon, the one world economic system which is just around the corner, folks, in case you haven't noticed. There's still uh, an ongoing battle talk with uh, President Biden wanting to uh, enforce the IRS to uh, monitor all transactions from your bank account over $600, $600 and over. We see Bitcoin rising up, don't we? And more and more talk from various governments around the world about get going into a digital currency. No more, you know, a cashless society. They've been talking about that for a long time and we're right on the verge of that now. And just like uh, we're starting to come under government control with our health care, in other words, being forced to take a vaccine that's not a vaccine, we're just around the corner from having the government taking control of our money, cashless society. So we're right there at the door. So the destruction of commercial Babylon, the kings or the rulers, whatever name you want to use, presidents, prime ministers, premiers, the rulers of these 10 quadrants that the, the world is going to be divided into, the kings, the merchants, the seamen we saw lamenting over the fall of commercial Babylon. They celebrated the fall of religious Babylon under the harlot, the one world church. They celebrated that, but they're lamenting, mourning, weeping over the fall of commercial Babylon. And isn't it true that in the world we're living in today, money is everything, right? Money is power, and we live in a world ruled over by those who their highest priority is to obtain as much money as they can. Let's begin in verse 21. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived." And in her was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. Let's pray. Father, we lift up this passage. Pray that you would give us wisdom and insight and understanding into these words delivered to us by John the Revelator, John the Apostle, from a number of different angels involved in this narrative. Lord, we ask you to bless this time of study in your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have another mighty angel here. Now there was 
One in verse uh, 1 of this chapter, a mighty angel, and he's called a mighty angel, but this seems to be a different one. There's a series of angels delivering different sections of this message to John. And he took a stone like a great millstone. Now this would be the kind turned by a donkey or perhaps an ox. You've probably seen this uh, depicted in various photographs, uh, movies, and so forth, so you get an idea of what this looks like with the beast of burden turning this giant millstone so heavy that it could never be retrieved from the sea. A mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea. This seems to be symbolic of the finality of Babylon's destruction. It reminded me of Matthew 18:6, where Jesus talks about whoever causes one of these little ones of mine, of Jesus' children, and it, that doesn't just mean little kids, because you realize it's just like, how many of you here today are parents? You have children, probably grandchildren too, I imagine, at this point, for many of us. But no matter how old you get and no matter how old they get, they're always your kids, right? Your little ones, right? And so for us as followers of Christ, uh, believers in God, we're always God's children no matter how old we get. So when Jesus talks about the little ones, he's not just talking about kids. He's talking about all of God's children. And he says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, leading them astray in some way, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Pretty powerful and profound statement about the consequences of misleading God's people. And there's a whole lot of that going on today. So a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, "This thus with violence the great city Babylon will be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. So the bottom line, the takeaway here, Babylon, and again we've talked about this, the tribulation, seven years of the outpouring of God's wrath on the planet, and how many of you believe it would be appropriate for God to do that? You think this planet might be deserving of God's wrath at this point? With the, all the evil? And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And in Genesis 6, it tells us the reason God destroyed the world with a flood is because the thoughts of men's hearts were only evil all the time. And it seems we've come to that place again. Every day you see something, you, you say to yourself, how can this possibly be? How could this happen? How could people do things like this? But here we are. And Jesus said, because of the increase of wickedness or lawlessness, the love of most would grow cold. When there is no more respect for laws, which ultimately... Good laws are laws that are based upon God's laws, right? But when those are no longer enforced or respected or uh, considered and lawlessness or wickedness increases, then even those who are attempting to live a good life become so discouraged and so hard of heart 
The love of most will grow cold, Jesus said. So Babylon is going down, this one world government, one world church, and one world economy, which, again, it's just like knocking at your door right now. Just like some are going around knocking on doors to get people vaccinated. <laughs> I haven't seen that in New Mexico yet, but uh, supposedly it's happening in certain parts of the country. It's certainly happening with those in the military. At this point, apparently, any company with 100 or more employees is being uh, required to have their employees vaccinated. But the interesting thing is there is no law to that effect on the books. Did you know that? I just read an article about that last night that uh, saying basically Biden's mandate is not a mandate. There is no legal grounds for it, but have you noticed how everybody just jumps through the hoops? They just do what they're told. They're intimidated. They're pressured. And again, folks, <laughs> we're not in the tribulation yet. The Antichrist hasn't been revealed yet. But everything that's happening right now is preparing the way. Do you see that? I mean, how many of us thought in our lifetime we would see what we're seeing now? Even though I've been looking for the return of Jesus for more than 50 years. Ever since my teen years, when God started bringing me back to himself, I was saved as a young child, but uh, we learned all the great stories of the Bible in Sunday school, you know, uh, Noah, the ark, and Abraham, and all those guys, King David. But there wasn't a great deal of emphasis in the little toddler Sunday school on the second coming of Christ. But when I was uh, floundering in my teen years, and I'd already lost my father, uh, and then my mother became terminally ill, that really got my attention. And I started reading my Bible again, and God take, kept taking me to passages of Scripture having to do with judgment, <laughs> and the return of Christ, and these types of things, and that really got my attention. So for more than 50 years, I've been looking for the rapture of the church, the return of Jesus Christ, believing it with all my heart that it is going to happen, and I believe it just as much now as I did then. And I believe we're even closer now than we were then. Paul wrote 2,000 years ago, we're closer now than when we first believed. But as I told you last week or the week before or whenever it was, there's never been a time in human history where the stage has been set like it is now. And I told you that Satan has had his plan in place from the very beginning of time, but he's been waiting for man to catch up to him. And we have now caught up with our 21st century technology and our bioweapons which COVID-19 is a bioweapon, you know that, right? Anybody that tells you that it was naturally occurring and not created in a lab and not released on purpose is full of something that I can't say in church, okay? They're either totally off their rockers or they're lying through their teeth or both. And if you don't think they're over there right now working on other stuff, they are. 
And in case you didn't know this, I suspect you did, we, Dr. Fauci, Peter Drazek, and others from our own United States labs funded the research and promoted this thing. So even though the Chinese are culpable, our people within our own country and our own government did this. Make no mistake about it. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. It's a fact. Now, I wasn't going to talk about this. Do you believe that? I wasn't. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, so if these things are actually facts, which we know they, I know they are. I've done my research. I don't know about you guys. There's, there's so much evidence, it's overwhelming. You just have to know where to look for it. There's a video of these guys talking on the C-SPAN. How many of you heard of C-SPAN, the government channel? Saying how we need a pandemic so that we can introduce a universal vaccine. They said it. They planned it. It's called a plandemic. Okay? They wanted to take us to the next level. They said, yeah, we know, you know, the, all these traditional vaccines have been working, the measles, the mumps, the smallpox, the flu, and so forth, but we need to take it to the next level. We need mRNA, which modifies your DNA, your genetics. And so they said, we need some kind of a crisis, some kind of an emergency and Fauci even predicted that Trump would face a pandemic during his time in office. How did he know that? How did he know that? Because he was planning it. Okay? Now let me ask you this, folks. If all this is true, and I guarantee you it is. I guarantee you it's true. If all that's true, why would you believe these guys when they tell you you've got to take this vaccine? Because it will, now in the beginning, Fauci said, don't wear a mask, it doesn't do any good. And then somebody got together with Fauci and said, wait a minute, this is part of our program to control the masses, you've got to change your message. So then he comes out and says, oh yeah, wear your mask, wear two or three, four, five, six, whatever. We don't care if you can breathe or not. So then at the beginning they tell us, sorry folks, I have to do this, I can't help it. Nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it. I mean, there are people doing it, but not enough. All right? So then they tell us, if you get the vaccine, you'll be per totally protected. You won't get COVID, and you won't give it to anybody. Now they're telling you, it will not protect you from getting COVID-19, and you could also give it to somebody else. And yet, millions of people depending on who you listen to, at least half of our populace, which would be about 160 to 75 million people have been fully vaccinated. Why would you do that? The same guys who created it released it on purpose, telling you one thing, then another, and they expect you to jump through any and every hoop that they tell you to jump through. If they tell you don't wear it, don't wear it. If they tell you wear it, wear it. 
Then they tell you if you have the vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. And they say, oh, no, yes, you do. Why would you believe idiots like this? Why would you believe deceivers like this? We are so close to the tribulation. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I hope I'm not upsetting anyone, but... And if you've had it, I love you. I'm not judging you. I pray for you. Because there have been many, many bad side effects and even deaths. Iceland just completely banned the Moderna vaccine for everybody in their country. Sweden, Denmark, and Norway are doing similar things with banning. The Europeans seem to be a little more awake than we are, if you can believe that. More and more of these countries are banning these vaccines. And the sad thing is they're very inexpensive tried and true, well-tested medications that if taken early on can totally wipe out the COVID, but they're not giving them to them. People have also died because they couldn't get the basic fundamental medicines in the hospital that would have cured them very quickly. So again, tell me, why is that the case? Why would they deliberately withhold inexpensive, easily accessible, well-tested medications and tell you you got to get the vaccine or you're going to die? Why would they do that? We've talked about depopulation. If you study the writings and the words of people like Bill Gates and these different globalist people, they have clearly stated we need to reduce the Earth's population. And they don't care who it is as long as it's not them. You see? All right. I'm trying to get through this. And the sad thing is, there are many churches in America that are supporting these guys, telling their congregations, get vaccinated, do the right thing. If you love God, if you love Jesus, get vaccinated. Wear your mask. Join the zombie brigade. I told you guys, I've been saying it for years, all this zombie TV and movie stuff is prophetic. We are on the verge of a zombie apocalypse. In fact, it's already here. All right, the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 51, 63. Now it shall be when you have finished reading this book that you shall tie a stone to it and throw it out into the Euphrates. Then you shall say, Thus Babylon shall sink and not rise from the catastrophe that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary. So this is actually a prophetic scripture in the Old Testament in the book of Jeremiah. It's futuristic in nature, speaking of this time that we're living in right now, that we're studying in Revelation. Uh, the brief moment in the final days of human history before Jesus comes back and writes a new chapter of history on this planet. The final chapter of human history when Babylon will rise briefly for seven years and then fall with a mighty fall. Verse 22, the sound of harpists, musicians, 
flutists and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. We all know that music is one of the most powerful mediums on the face of this planet, is it not? You look at the incredible impact and influence that music and musicians and songwriters have had in various cultures around the world. And sadly, again, a lot of the great classical composers were Christians, you know, Mozart and Bach. And, well, not Mozart, he was kind of a flaky dude. But Bach, you know, Johann Sebastian Bach, they wrote great religious works of music. And again, we have some great Christian music in the world we live in today, but look at how much of the music is having a negative impact on our culture and our society, how much it's influenced the youth, the trash, the garbage. The, today's, much of today's music with the videos and everything is actually pornography. That's all it is. And so this will have a tremendous impact Music is one of the most powerful mediums on the face of the planet, and they will use during the tribulation, just like they're doing now. You notice, I mean, both sides of the aisle use music and musicians in their campaigns, but the, the leftists, the liberals, always bring in these trashy artists to perform and support them and back them and so forth. And that has a powerful impact on the younger voting block especially. But the sounds, think about this. As Babylon comes crashing down, the sounds of celebration, the sounds of life will be silenced. And then we're told no crafts, craftsman of any craft. So as created in God's image, man, we've been gifted with creativity. The, I'm blown away by the creativity of some people what they can do, what they, it's, and it's given to us by God, the ability to craft things using our minds and our bodies. Incredible what God has bestowed upon us. But because mankind has rejected the creator and during the tribulation, that will be absolutely true as the world comes under satanic dominion. All creativity under the old order of things will cease. No craftsman of any craft. And then we read here about the sound of a millstone. The sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. So first we see how the millstone representative of just the absolute destruction of Babylon sunk, never to rise again. But here the millstone has a different implication. This has to do with the production of food. Because 2,000 years ago when the Apostle John received this revelation that was a very common practice today we have you know factories where they you know make all of our food products and so forth but back then it was very basic very simple you've got a millstone you've got a donkey or an oxen or something grinding the grain so this the sound of a millstone never to be heard again in other words life as we now know it will cease to exist things will come grinding to a pardon the expression, grinding to a halt. However, for those whose names are found written in the Lamb's book of life, a whole new wonderful world will replace this old one. A wonderful new world under Jesus Christ. There's good news if you want it. 
Verse 23, the light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore in Babylon. This is a pronouncement from God to Babylon through the angel. And so because of the darkness of men's hearts, the entire unbelieving human race will be plunged into eternal darkness. Romans 1.21, because although they knew God, and see, here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter if you claim to be an atheist, an agnostic, Deep down inside, Romans chapter 1 talks about this. God has revealed himself to the human race through his creation. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's what happens when you reject God. Your heart becomes darkened and it can be darkened even by a false sense of enlightenment you know there's that universalist message going out all over the place so it doesn't matter who or what you believe in as long as you believe in something right but your heart can become darkened by embracing false light satan masquerades as an angel of light your heart can become darkened not just by being an atheist or an agnostic and become darkened by becoming a Hindu or a Buddhist or a Muslim or any other false belief system that seeks to erase and eradicate the true faith imparted to us through the Old and New Testament, through our patriarchs, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the New Testament prophets and apostles you don't have to be a Satanist to have a darkened heart. All you have to do is turn away from the God of creation. Matthew 25, 30, it says, Cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So those who tell you, hey, I don't mind if I go to hell. We're going to just party like crazy down there. No, I don't think so. There might be a weenie roast, but you're going to be the weenie. And again, all this is in stark contrast to what awaits all true believers. Revelation 22.5, just kind of jumping ahead, a little preview. There shall be no night there in God's eternal kingdom. This is after the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. Then everything is destroyed by fire, a new heaven, a new earth, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. It's about 1,500 miles in each direction. The final dwelling place of the righteous where God himself will be there in our midst. And it tell, tells us there shall be no night there. Nighttime can be a scary time, can't it? I'm always commenting to my wife how, I don't know how it is in your part of town, but we live out on the west side and previously in the North Valley and it seems like a lot of parts of Albuquerque, there's not a lot of street lights. Have you noticed that? Sometimes, and as you get older, your eyes don't work as good as they used to. And sometimes it's hard to see. And then they don't mark the streets very well here either. Have you noticed that? A lot of the lines are all faded out. And it can be a little scary sometimes, you know, and you almost hit a curb or a median or something because you can't see. A lot of dirty deeds are done in the dark, right? Bible talks about that too. 
they hide in the darkness because their deeds are evil. And so, again, as believers, we don't have to be in fear. Oh, no, it's getting dark outside. Lions and tigers and bears, oh, my. But, I mean, let's face it. Darkness does represent some scary things. And in the New Jerusalem, there will be no night there. It seems like we won't be needing any sleep. That sounds pretty good to me. I was always one of these guys who was like, man, it's just a waste of eight hours. I want to be up doing something, you know? <laughs> and we won't need any sleep, so there won't be any night. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Wow, no night, and we don't even need any artificial lighting, or even we don't even need the sun anymore. You know, the Bible says God dwells in unapproachable light. That's why we need immortal, imperishable, incorruptible, eternal, heavenly bodies. Because if you took this body, which you probably wouldn't want to anyway, but <laughs> if you took your body or my body and you stuck that in the presence of God, it would be incinerated. Kind of like those guys in Indiana Jones. Remember, the, what was the, the Ark of the Covenant? Whatever the, what was it called? I don't remember anymore. Indiana Jones. And the, anyway, remember how they all just kind of melted when they opened up the, you know, the Ark of the Covenant? That's how it would be for us right now if we were in the presence of God. That's why we need our new bodies. But, I mean, solar power and solar lighting is the big deal right now. But let me tell you what. This is going to be the ultimate light source in all of creation. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. But the antithesis of this will be the very end of the tribulation and the fall of Babylon. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore. And the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. So now, even in today's world, we've talked about, you know, how bad things have gotten. And again, probably every generation says that, but that makes sense because we've been progressing. We've had this dual progression from the beginning of human history. On the one hand, you have those seeking to follow God, to live for God. And then right alongside, in parallel, those seeking the exact opposite. And Satan just waiting for the human race to catch up with his plan. And so even in today's world, with all the darkness that's already upon us, still one of the happiest sounds is that of a bride and groom rejoicing together at their wedding. The voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. And again, this ties in with what Jesus said about the days of Noah, Matthew 24, 37-39. But as the days of Noah were... So also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. So again, for those who are here for the tribulation, there will be a kind of a universal deception going on and people will think everything's just fine, it's going great no matter how bad it gets. 
until it all completely comes crashing down. Your merchants were, were, past tense, the great men of the world. And so all these guys now, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Jeff Bezos, the Bill Gates, all these billionaires, basically running the planet, if you want to be honest. And they think, you know, they're going to be the masters of the universe. In fact, they're already throwing that terminology around. Uh, they're going to come crashing down. Great men will be brought down through allegiance to the Antichrist, the one world government, one world religion, and one world economy. Now here's where it gets really interesting. It says, by your sorcery. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery, it's talking about the sorcery of Babylon, for by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. You know what the Greek word is there? It's pharmakia. Does that sound familiar? Pharmacy? You see, by your sorcery, by your drugs. Now, there's a couple of things here. On the one hand, the effect of the one world government, religion, and economy on the people will be intoxicating and drug-like, but there is a more literal connotation here as well. Keep in mind, as we've been talking about, the whole end times Babylon scenario is the work of Satan, the prince of this world, and his demonic hordes. And we see the ever-increasing support and push for legalization of the gateway drug, marijuana, which now everybody's told it's actually really good for you. Well, there is a component called CBD that they claim, you know, can have some positive health effects on you, and that the CBD does not contain the part of the marijuana that gets you high. But... The lie about marijuana being good for you, there's more and more evidence of lung damage, of brain damage. The strains now have become so strong that they brought on hallucinations and psychosis. It's actually been proven through studies that usage of modern marijuana can lead to a psychotic episodes. And that's just the gateway. That's something they grow in the ground. And so they argue, well, it's natural. There's a lot of things that are natural, but you don't really want to ingest them into your body, right? But we've gone way beyond that. I believe Oregon has legalized all drugs, heroin, I guess, I don't know, fentanyl, oxycodone, whatever. They, they say they've legalized all, all drugs. Colorado not only legalized um, marijuana, of course, for recreational use, and it comes into our state in January. Aren't we excited about that? Aren't we all excited about that? Watch out, believers. The devil's at work. There will be a temptation once it's legal. Well, it's legal. It must be okay, right? It's okay with God. It's not illegal. <laughs> no, it's only when man's laws line up with God's that it's okay. If man's laws, like the law... To allow 
the killing of unborn babies. Well, it's legal, therefore it must be okay. Really? No, my Bible says thou shalt not murder. And it doesn't distinguish between in the womb or out of the womb. Right? So if Christians, you can't use that excuse. Well, it's legal. By your sorcery. I forget the statistics, but it's pretty staggering the number of people that are now on at least one or more antidepressants, antipsychotics, right? And so forth. Another aspect of the tribulation, by your sorcery, by drugging everybody up. And that's the answer for most people. You go to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or even a general practitioner, and you tell them you're depressed, you have anxiety, and so forth. Does your, your doctor says, well, let's pray about that. <laughs> Once in a while, you get a Christian doctor that'll do that. But by and large, they're ready to write you a prescription. Under the previous administration, we had cut off almost 100% of the fentanyl and heroin coming into our country. I don't know if you knew that. Now it's flooding in again. Why is that? Why is that? It's just like all the other stuff we've talked about today. They want the populace to be drugged up and zonked out so they can totally control you. By your sorcery, by your pharmacia. And if you ever watched any futuristic movies where the people are under that kind of an authoritarian, dictatorial regime, there's almost always a depiction of people being drugged up. And again, the way is being paved by forcing the so-called... Some people refuse to call it a vaccine. They call it a jab or a poke or what have you because it's not a vaccine. Vaccines, traditional vaccines are developed using eggs. Did you know that? And, a, you know, a fairly natural substance. And they, they contain a small portion of the virus, the dead virus, whether it be mumps or measles or flu or what have you. And then that injected into your body uh, encourages your immune system to build up an immunity to that particular virus. But the, this COVID thing is a whole different animal. And actually, the word animal isn't a bad word to use. There was a doctor, and it's interesting how many of these real doctors and nurses and people in the medical community who are speaking out, they almost always mention God and even Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? Could it be that because they're filled with the Spirit of God, they're awake, truly awake? And this one lady doctor went down to Georgia and they allowed her to take some leftover solution from the vaccine. They'd been vaccinating people throughout the day. Woohoo! Vaccine party! <laughs> and uh, she, so they let her take some of the solution and put it under a microscope. And at first it was, you know, pretty much transparent, translucent and so forth. And then after a while, all these interesting colors began to emerge. And she began to see metallic particles in there. And then there was a little thing that looked like a little insect that began to writhe around on the glass. I saw the video myself. 
and she said that this thing actually put, she had the, the bottom glass plate and then the solution and then another glass plate on top of it and this thing actually ro raised itself up and, and moved the top plate. What are they putting in you guys, huh? And then there was a military guy who had to get the vaccine and had to be detoxed because he got very sick and then these little wire strands began to come out of his body. Okay. Oh, the Pastor Gary, he's such a fruit loop. <laughs> well, fine. You can take your own chances then. It's up to you. And I'll pray for you either way. All right. Pharmakia, drugs. Oh, yeah, bring them on, baby. And by the way, once they get everybody to take the forced COVID shot, what else are they going to force you to take? Huh? And what else are they going to force you to do? Once they find out you're compliant, the sky's the limit. Okay. Look at this. Back in Revelation 9.21, we saw a preview of coming attractions. They did not repent of their murders, abortion, or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. They did not repent. Folks, I guarantee you, the zombie apocalypse of the tribulation will be the result of massive drug use and abuse, vaccinations, by the multitudes of people on this planet. And by the way, you know, normally you guys probably know this. How many of you have ever gotten a prescription? Most people here today have had at least, right, one? Okay, when you get a prescription from the pharmacy, and you open it up, there's always a little pamphlet in there, right? It's got, they're kind of long and deep. Tells you all the things about the medication and what the side effects could be and so forth. They don't do that with the COVID shot. There is no pamphlet. There is no description of the potential side effect. Why is that? Very strange, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? I guess they just didn't want to bother you with all the details. Huh? Why stress you out for nothing, right? I guarantee you this zombie apocalypse of the tribulation will be the result of massive drug use and abuse by the multitudes. And we're told here, by your sorcery, Babylon, by your pharmakia, all the nations were deceived. That, that's already happened. All the nations are deceived right now, you know that? They really are. All over the planet. Chuck Missler, the late great Chuck Missler, was here in our church about 10, 12 years ago. And he labeled this time that we're living in now as the age of deception. Warren B. Smith, how many of you have read his book, the most recent one about the Titanic that we had? He also wrote Another Jesus Calling. Warren B. Smith has a book called Deceived on purpose. I recommend it. You can get it at the uh, Lighthouse Trails website, or we can order it for you. Deceived on purpose. We might even have a copy back there. I'm not sure. And so as we've discussed so many times, the end times will be characterized. In fact, Jesus, in Matthew 24, I believe it is, warned three times 
Let no one deceive you. Do not be deceived. It's a major theme in Jesus' teachings on the last days. The end times will be characterized by... Now again, up until this time we're living in now, let's say 100 years ago, there could be a group of people over here in Russia or China or America or what have you that could become deceived. But how would you spread that deception throughout the whole world? Very difficult. But today it's a piece of cake. The internet. Just like we're streaming right now. You can spread deception in the twinkling of an eye. All the nations were deceived. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. The coming of the lawless one, who might that be? The Antichrist, the one world leader. The leader of the one world government. The coming of the lawless one. Now that sounds great, doesn't it? You've got one guy ruling over the whole planet and he's lawless. Well, we've already got a good start on that one. Right here in the U.S. of A. Laws don't matter anymore. Constitution doesn't matter anymore. It's just whatever they say. Okay, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of who? Satan. With all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because, listen to this, they did not receive, it's a choice, they did not receive not just the truth, the love of the truth. And I've told you this before too. It's not enough to receive the truth or believe the truth. You need to love the truth. Because Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. You've got to love it. Even the painful parts, even the hard parts, you have to love the truth. Because if you don't love the truth, you're going to wind up loving evil. You get it? Because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We're so close right now, folks. All these things are really here, at the very least, in embryonic form, but even more than that. Verse 24, and in her, in Babylon, was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. In her, this sounds like an autopsy, doesn't it? And guess what? Autopsies are only performed on the dead. In her, Babylon, the late great, Hal Lindsey wrote a book about the book of Revelation many years ago called The Late Great Planet Earth. Any of you ever read that book? He was well ahead of his time for sure. The Late Great Planet Earth. In her, when God's autopsy is performed upon Babylon, fallen, destroyed Babylon... What will he find inside of her? The blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. Those who worship and serve the fallen one believe they receive power through the blood sacrifice of the innocent. Do you know that? And even the Satanists have even admitted 
that they embrace each and every abortion as a blood sacrifice to Satan. And there have been testimonies from people who have worked in abortion clinics to that fact. They believe every time the blood of an innocent one is slain, they receive more power from the devil. That's why drinking of blood, blood sacrifice, everything to do with blood, again, it's a total blasphemy because only the blood of Christ can save you from your sins. And so they defile, the, in the Old Testament it says the life is in the blood. God is, the way he has constructed us, life flows through us through the circulatory system, the oxygen, the, everything that we need through the blood. And the blood of Christ is the only antidote for sin. And so the Satanists mock God and blaspheme God through the drinking of blood and blood sacrifices and so forth. Jesus, interestingly, described Jerusalem and the scribes and Pharisees in a similar manner here. Matthew 23, 31-35, Therefore you are witnesses against yourselves. And he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees, the so-called religious leaders of the nation of Israel at that time, at the time of Christ. You are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers. Jesus was very politically correct, as you know. Very seeker-friendly, very non-offensive. He calls the scribes and Pharisees serpents, snakes, brood of vipers. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? In other words, you can't. Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes, some of them you kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. And so sadly, even those who were supposed to be the spiritual leaders of Israel at the time of Christ really more aligned with Babylon than they were with God. Babylon, like Jerusalem, will be guilty and is guilty and was guilty of killing the prophets and the saints. You, if you're taking notes, Revelation 6.10, Revelation 17.6, and Revelation 19.2. And then it goes on, not only the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth, the spirit of Babylon, idolatry, is behind all murder from Cain's killing of Abel right down onto today because man is created in God's image and to destroy the work of God's hands, to take the life of his creation. Again, there are exceptions. I believe capital punishment is biblical, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. The punishment should fit the crime, but we do not have the right ever to take innocent life. When it says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, it really means thou shalt not murder. You shall not take the life of another without just cause. But again, the spirit of Babylon is behind all murder from Cain's killing of Abel right on down to today. Man's created in God's image. Therefore, we have no right, no authority to destroy the work of God's hands, to take the life of his creation is to rebel against him. I've told you so many times. So easy to tell 
whose side someone's on. Are they on God's side or are they on Satan's side? John 10.10, 10, the thief, the devil here, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, I, however, have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. And so we see we're drawing very near to the end of the tribulation now and Babylon is crashing down. And in chapter 19, we will see the return of Jesus with the saints, with us, with the angels of heaven. The whole army of heaven will be coming down on this planet with Jesus leading the way. Let's pray. Let's stand, and then we'll pray. I'm going to ask if you need prayer this morning, you please raise your hand so we can pray for you or a loved one, a friend, somebody that you desire prayer for. It could be you or someone else. Many hands. Father, you see each hand, and thankfully you know each heart. You know each one personally. Your word tells us you even have the very hairs of our heads numbered. You know us better, Lord, than we even know ourselves. So now I want to lift up each one to you. Lord, you know what's going on. It's so awesome how you, Father, by your Holy Spirit, can minister to anyone and everyone at the same time, whether near or far. Lord, we first lift up health issues Lord, we do live in bodies cursed by sin. We do get sick. We do get diseases. But, Father, you're also the God who heals. And we lift up to you now, everyone here this morning or anyone even watching on the Internet that's struggling with some type of a health issue. I know that there's people having a terrible time, Lord, just with allergies right now. But it could be something more serious, too. Lord, you care. You, you tell us that you're aware of when every single little bird drops to the ground. You care about our issues, our health issues, whether large or small. So we lift them up to you now. Lord, we pray for healing. We thank you for your healing power, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. And I pray for healing, whether it's allergies, colds, sinus, flu, COVID-19, Lord, cancer, whatever it might be, Father, heart issues. Lord, nothing's too difficult for you. We lift it all up to you. We pray for peace and comfort. For those who are struggling with health problems, we pray for relief from pain. We pray for faith, for hope, for encouragement, for endurance. And most of all, Lord, for your healing power to come upon your people. That we might be able to tell those around us, God healed me. He's a good God, a great God, a loving God. He's alive and well, and he does heal his people. Lord, we lift up those with mental, emotional issues anxiety, depression, fear, worry, doubt. Lord, we know that none of those things are from you, and yet we know, if we're honest, we do struggle with those things sometimes. But we pray for deliverance. Lord, you said you came to set the captives free. Lord, that you would heal the brokenhearted. And so we just pray for healing for those who are struggling in that area as well, Father. We pray that you would minister to them, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, through the power and the truth of your word through the encouragement and comfort of their brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we just pray that you would uplift those today. And you promised to give us wisdom when we need it too, so we pray for that, Lord, for those needing wisdom, guidance, direction for any area of their lives, whether it be relationships, whether it be job issues, whatever it might be, Father, that you would just bless each one with wisdom and guidance and direction, again, from your Holy Spirit and through the truth of your word. Pray for the healing of broken our injured relationships, whether it be a marriage, a friendship, a partnership, whatever it might be, Lord, that you would heal 
that which the enemy, we read this morning in closing, Lord, that the thief, the enemy, comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We ask that you would undo the damage that he may have done by attempting to steal, to kill, or to destroy. Restore those relationships, Father, and help us to be peacemakers, to be the first ones to reach out and humbly offer forgiveness, restitution, restoration. Lord, and anything else that we may have missed in this prayer, we lift it up to you now. We thank you. Lord, I know from personal experience, not only do you hear our prayers and answer our prayers, you monitor our thoughts as well, the thoughts and intents of our heart. And Lord, I know many times you answer our thoughts before we can even form it into a prayer. So we thank you and we praise you and we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.